Hello all, we're the Hybrarians, two friends who smoke and joke about books. We're long distance at the moment. I'm Indy, I'm the one in Alaska. And I'm Annie, and I'm currently in Oregon. Uh, this podcast is kind of our way of killing two birds with one stone. We both really like to read and also to talk to each other for hours on end. We decided to do this podcast where we're every week we read a book together and then we get really high and we talk about it. This week we are doing our first book um, and it is called My Sister the Serial Killer. So I'm going to go ahead and let Indy uh, do the summary of the book. Alrighty, Rooter. Um, summary. This came from Wikipedia in Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, Karide is a nurse with a very close relationship to her younger sister, Ayula. Uh, Ayula is the more beautiful, favored sister, and she's possibly a little sociopathic. For third time in a row, uh, Ayula has stabbed her boyfriend to death, supposedly in self-defense. If not, this officially makes her a serial killer. Like the times before, Karide helps dispose of the body and clean away the evidence. Her practicality and concern keep Ayula from acting suspiciously about her missing boyfriend, such as by posting to social media when she should be in mourning. Karide feels unappreciated as she constantly dreads that they will be caught and that Ayula will kill again, confiding in none but a comatose patient in the hospital she works at. She is in love with Tade or Tede, a kind, handsome doctor who does not notice her affection. When he begins dating Ayula, Karide fears he will be her next victim and must reckon with what she is willing to do for her sister. This book was categorized as a mystery in a BuzzFeed News article titled 17 Mystery Books You Won't Be Able to Put Down by Ariana Rebellini. I would also like to preface this by saying we are stupid Americans and so we probably aren't going to pronounce any of these names correctly and we apologize about that but we, we are what we are. Our best. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Also we are both going to take a quick little break and um, smoke some weed. <laughs> Do some wood rat shit. Um, <laughs> I am currently smoking a concentrate and it is called moonwalker kush and it is a hybrid and i'm smoking it out of my cartridge and battery pack because i'm a douchebag and i vape appreciate the honesty you're welcome <laughs> um what about I'm you also, well i'm also doing the concentrates in the form of uh, some dabaroos um, right now I've got some honey banana shatter, it's supposed to make me feel happy and relaxed and a little uplifted. Nice. We'll see, I'm very hard to uplift. <laughs> Same. All right, so uh, please pause while we take a quick little smoke break and uh, we'll be right back to discuss this book. Probably just another minute on that shit. All right, I gotta cook up, gotta wrestle up some yeggs. And I'm gonna be using farm fresh eggs today on today's recipe. I know the chickens whose butts these came out of. <laughs> Gross. Is it? I thought that was pretty neat. I've almost built my food. 
it's this dog. He was he's a he's a long-haired Aussie, Australian Shepherd, and um. Fucking crack, you bitch ass eggshell. Really? Do they have names? Red eggs. No. I tried, but there's like 12 of them. And a lot of them look alike. I was like, meh. <laughs> Get over it real quick. Like, I guess. Tell white boys are my kryptonite. If this man doesn't send me a picture of his robot, I'm gonna be upset. Because I don't want to live in a world where robots are in charge of us. Yeah, I don't trust robots. I've seen iRobot. Stop <coughs> saying robots. No. Give me a second. I think I'm like really getting to the bottom of my... How long has that lasted you? Hot minute. Since I texted you and told you I got one. Damn, that's a long time. I, 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 I can get rid of one in a day. What? What? It's just, if you think about it, it's just a half gram of dabs. And you know how easy it is to smoke a half gram of dabs? I only do like four like puffs usually on my way home and then I'm done. Like. Yeah, I guess. If you don't abuse drugs. Well, it's really hard to abuse drugs when you live with your parents. All right, guys, if you're still with us, um, we're going to go ahead and get started as soon as I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Indy stops coughing along up. All right. <laughs> Let's just consider this whole episode trash already and move on. Pilots are always garbage. Have you seen the first five minutes of the first episode of Friends? Yes. Did you see yes. the first season of Parks and Rec? It was awful. Absolutely awful. So hard, so hard take, to get through. I don't take it back, Amy Poehler, but I still love you. God, can you stop wasting so much time? I'm gonna punch you in your face. Try it. You're so far away, you couldn't. Okay, let's do this. All right, guys, welcome back um, again. We are your librarians, and uh, let's get into the book. Go ahead, Indy, take it away. Um. So I guess starting on page three is where I started having some gripes. <laughs> um, the sister come, the sister Ayura, the murderer, comes at uh, Corita. Already, it's dramatic. Already, there's been a murder. But specifically, I just hate the phrase, are you angry with me? Just because I just, I hate those words. They just always feel very manipulating, manipulative, manipulative, like a fucker. I don't know how to English. So, no, it feels very manipulative. And which, like, two pages later, same thing. It's not my fault. Like, sure, sure, it's not your fault. Already. Like, you're not starting off strong. Yeah. Like, I think about that when people say, like, stuff like, are you mad at me, or are you angry with me, or you're not mad, are you? It's always, like, like you said, manipulative. Like, it's a, a way to make the person feel bad about having those feelings, which I think is bullshit, because you should never try to invalidate somebody's feelings like that. Yeah, it's just, it's a big old red flag, uh, personally. Um... 
and then at the end of the chapter, I wanted to rant for a second about how Ayuva almost sets a mother and child into the elevator with them. Um, specifically, I wanted to point out Creative's dumb comment about the mother being out with the child at this time of night. Like, she didn't need to say that. Like, she doesn't need to judge this woman and this child. Like, she doesn't know their schedule. She doesn't know their fucking lives. Like, excuse me? Yeah. But besides that point, Ayula's killed someone, and she's about to let this woman and a child into the into the elevator with them with a dead fucking body. Like, she's just not a very good murderer. And so already, like, another reason to dislike her. She's not very good at what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely not good at it. And I wonder if that's because it was, like, if, I guess it's part of the book that makes you wonder, like, is she actually, like, killing men for um, joy, I guess? Like, is she actually a serial killer? Or does she really just, like, I don't know, put herself in dangerous situations, you know? And I think that's the struggle that Curry Day has with the whole thing. Just because yeah. I think Ayla's just really good at manipulating her. Plus, like, there's only ever two people in the room when these things happen, and at some point, one of them's usually dead. And yeah. so all she have is a U.S. word, and, like, she's yeah, not exactly. there. What if she's wrong? And, you know, she's just, like, wrong about her sister. Like, what if she's wrong? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, jumping ahead to page 14, uh, specifically under the italic, shame, I know thy name, uh, right under it, LOL. So she tried to act sexy in front of the doctor and it did not go her way. And like, who hasn't been there? It was a nice way for the author to try and humanize her. I just, it didn't fly because I don't like her already. Just right off the bat, you know, her sister's killing people and she's just letting her get away with it. And I just like, it takes a lot to convince me. You yeah. Know? Call me strict, call me crazy, call me, call me prudent. <laughs> yeah. And then page 18, I had a little rant about the fact that she's using this comatose patient as a diary, um, not knowing if he can hear her or not, not knowing if he'll ever wake up or not, you know, kind of just using him as a fixture. And I just, I don't know if it's foreshadowing or if it's just me reading too much into it, but like, it kind of just shows that maybe she's going to treat everyone in her life like a fixture. You know, this guy in a coma means a lot to her, but he's just laying there. Mm. I didn't think about that at all. Sorry, neither did I until right now. <laughs> um, and then specifically, I underlined, I wish Tade would see me, Mutash, see me, really see me. Um, Mutara is the name of the, the comatose patient that she's that I was just bitching about her using as a diary. Um, I just really don't like how she's so hung up on the doctor and she's really given no reason why he's that great of a person at this point. Every interaction with the doctor is already so tainted because she's like obviously so enthralled with him, has such a massive crush on him. Cause I just I don't I don't trust her as a narrator to like I don't see anything about this guy that's worth liking at this point. So I don't know what the fuck she sees, really. Yeah, definitely. But we are only on page 18, so maybe I'm being a little too critical. And like you were saying about oh pictures, God. he serves his purpose in the story, you know, as a plot point, I guess. So I don't know. He just, he, I don't know. He doesn't really seem too much to have a personality, 
but that also is because we're seeing the book from Karina's point of view and like not anyone else's. So she's just, I don't know. She's already decided that she loves him. So like she doesn't yeah. really need to convince anyone. Yeah, exactly. And like you were saying, she's kind of an, maybe you can't really trust her as a narrator. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the chapter, I had a little rant about Karita going through her sister's phone and how I really don't think that's okay. But also, her sister's a murderer, so, you know, is it okay to look through a murderer's phone? Who knows? And then I just was mostly the pissed FBI off about why. I so. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't really know why she lets her get away with so much. Like, does she live vicariously through her sister? Uh, she's been told her whole life, as we find out later on by her mom and by just like people they interact with, that they're that she's jealous of her sister. And I feel like maybe she she might be, um, and that's why everyone is so so unlikable because no one's really honest about the fact that you know maybe she is a little jealous of her sister and Ayla is not honest with the fact that you know maybe it's not okay to be murdering these people yeah i just feel like yeah. that everyone could good do with a good dose of honesty yeah for sure honesty is the best policy always it could solve a lot people, of problems says two people consistently lie to themselves yeah but we're not talking about us right now <laughs> page 23 um they're talking and Ayula says this is victim shaming you know and that just stopped me in my tracks like victim shaming people are dead three three people are dead and I feel like the term <laughs> victim shaming like by claim I don't know by claiming that it's like taking that power away from actual victims of actual crimes you know yeah well, like I guess we, we'll never really know if is it really self-defense or is she really just awful but I lead towards she's awful true 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 same like somehow she's ended up in in three rooms with three men and those three men have ended up dead so like I don't there's know. one common denominator in all these situations <laughs> like you know that saying that's like if you're in a room full of assholes maybe you're the asshole you know like yeah absolutely like maybe reflect if you're in a room full of dangerous people maybe you're the dangerous person this is strictly applies to Ayula, not other people i just don't like her yeah she's not really been shown promising as a character she doesn't, hasn't has no positive attributes other than she's pretty i'm <clears throat> i'm not convinced sorry <sighs> Or maybe it's just her sister. Her sister only sees her as pretty, you know, and maybe that's on Karita being crappy narrator. That's true. You know, we'll never know. Yeah. You can only infer, and I guess that's what reading is, so. Okay, so 25. Get off the fucking keyboard. 10. 10 out of here. 10 believable. Um, for some reason, Instagram is such a major part of Ayula's life, and she doesn't really seem to understand when it's appropriate to post things or not. Um, 
Also, there's just a lot of chapters titled Instagram, I noticed later on. But at this point in the book, I hadn't realized that. It just seemed to me like Instagram was a big part of her life. She just has zero situational awareness with it, like giving away weird things that might point to her being a murderer. You know, she doesn't really seem to realize she shouldn't do that. I don't know. Is that like a commentary, though, do you think, on like kids nowadays and not like really knowing what's appropriate, you know? Yeah, being too into Instagram and not really knowing where to draw the line with social yeah. media, what to share, what not to share. Yeah. Do you think that the author was making a commentary on that or no? It's possible, you know, this book, we could read that much into it if we wanted to. Yeah. That doesn't like, I can get it. I can get the message of it. That doesn't make the characters likable. That doesn't make me like it. Yeah. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Um, so my first note um, is on page 29. And uh, the quote is, I believe what's happening is that um, Corday is driving and she gets pulled over. I, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Um, and she, um, she has like says this, my words are more his than mine. Educated women anger men of his ilk. So I try to adapt broken English, but I suspect my attempt betrays my upbringing even more. And in that whole situation, I just thought, like, I think this is maybe another place where the author is trying to make her characters relatable. Um, because I just think it's so fucking scary that women have to think about stuff like that. Like, in this specific situation, she has to be careful because she's an accomplice to multiple murders. But, oh, yeah, absolutely. Evidence up the wazoo. <laughs> but, and that's what she's afraid of. But I think to me, it made me think that like women always have to have something like something to say. They always have to have something, some script to use or some way to get out of any like potentially dangerous situation at any given point in their lives, which I just think is so fucking scary and also very upsetting. Absolutely. And like everyone has to live like that, you know. Ooh, yeah. terrifying, especially uh, since this, this takes place in Laos, in Nigeria, which can be very dangerous, you know, shows just how corrupt the police are, you know, they're not really to be trusted with your safety if they're so easily bribed, are they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scary. Oh, I noticed uh, page 39, a pattern beginning to develop. Uh, every, there's multiple chapters, there's repeating chapter names, I guess. Um, I think this is the first one I noticed. T chapters titled Father basically just being uh, about their dad and how awful he is. I think the next thing I noted was around page 47-ish. Uh, Karide is interacting with that doctor that she likes and he's being a doctor. They've gone over the patient's chart, Mutar, the comatose patient that she talks to all the time. Uh, he's a, he's aware that uh, she's very close close with him. Dr. Tate is aware that uh, Karita is close with the comatose patient, but since uh, Karita is in love with him, she kind of misreads his comforting uh, shoulder touch as 
perhaps uh, as a romantic or maybe like a flirtatious gesture. She's more focusing on the fact that he's touching her than, you know, the reality of the situation with the patient. And that's a little, that's a little icky. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you, but also who among us has not read into a, I don't know, a thing True. from any sort of acknowledgement from a person that we were interested in. Like, we've all done it. I think that's another place where the authors like try to make Curry Day uh, relatable. Because I think everyone has probably gone through that shit at least once in life. Absolutely. Who hasn't? But it is a Norma. Yeah, I guess it's easy for me to say that, not being there. And I guess the fact that she doesn't, it shows that she doesn't really, she doesn't really care about him, the, the patient. Oh, you don't think she cares yeah. about the patient? Yeah, she cares about, hey, oh my fucking God, child. But she's not focusing on the patient. She's focusing on the doctor touching her. She's not thinking at all about the patient and the fact that he's had no positive improvements or anything like that. She's just focusing on the fact that he's touching me. Ooh. I just didn't get that vibe that she didn't care about the patient. I mean, maybe in that minute she didn't care about the patient, but I just meant in general. Like, I never really got the vibe that she didn't care about him, but now it makes kind of more sense that, like, you, if you are saying that she doesn't care about him, you're like, like you're saying about the fixtures thing, like people are just fixtures in her life. Like she just like doesn't, I don't know. She's using him. Like you're saying she's using him. And I'm like, huh, I didn't ever think about it that way. Yeah, he's just, he's just a diary and she's fine with him being put on the shelf. She says he will die eventually, but he won't die in a pool of his own blood and he won't be devoured by saltwater crabs. Like Jesus Christ. Are these really the only options? Oh my God. Apparently. Um, I just think it's funny that we can read the same book and like it's a completely different book to us. Like, I mean, not, but it is like you're seeing things that I didn't even think about, which is, I guess, the whole point of doing this podcast. But like, yeah, it's interesting to me how our brains differ so much. Yeah. You sped through this shit. You didn't give a fuck about this. <laughs> I do remember texting you and saying, I'm starting the book, and then texting you three hours later and being like, I finished the book. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, it's a page turner. It's absolutely an easy read, which, you know, it's pretty good, you know, if you want to read a book. Um, I think it was a good one to start off our podcast with, with it being so short and so easy to talk about. So easy to read, yeah. Um... Cut to page 50, um, Karide and Dr. Tate are with a patient, a young woman, uh, a mother with, with a child. Uh, the woman is talking to the doctor, asking if he's married, and Karide is being a bit, um, Karide deems it that it's flirtatious. Uh, she's not, this isn't the first time that she's uh, judgmental to other women for seemingly no reason, especially when they interact with the doctor. Uh, this woman is trying to potentially set the doctor up with her sister, uh, but Critic cuts her off, and then later on, uh, the doctor cut, like scolds her about not cutting cutting off patients. 
And I just got like really mad about that because he like literally he cuts off patients and also yeah, she shouldn't cut off patients, but also he cuts off patients. <laughs> yeah. He just seems like like it seems like Karina makes him sound all great and good, but then like whenever we have actual like interactions, like listen to actual interactions between them, like he just kind of seems like a dick. Like Yeah, he's not really ever that nice to her. And that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, but it's like also I feel like that's kind of the point is like he, you have conflicting feelings about him because all you're hearing about him from Karita is how great he is and then you like actually have interactions with him and you're like, huh, he kind of sucks. And then you're like, but we also like him because of all these good things, you know? Like he's, a, he's boring, but he's also like, I think one of the more complex characters, which doesn't really make sense but he's he's a doctor you know so he's like he's safe he's a safe character yeah exactly and maybe that's what she likes about him since you know she doesn't really seem to show what she's interested in his personality i mean at least not yet i think later on he interacts with a child very nicely but like that's his job so can you really you know can you really call that a positive for him as a man the fact that he can fake it in front of kids fake it in front of kids Sorry, yeah, no, that was, I was being aggressive with that. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Next page, Karita talks about Ginka. I start noticing a pattern. Ginka's another one of the girls that works at the hospital. Oh, yeah. And Karita and her work together, so they interact a lot. And it seems like all of their interactions end. And Karita just kind of being mean to her for some reason, or just like assuming that she's out to get her or something. And it's like, it's kind of, hurtful, you know, because like we've all been co-workers with people that kind of have been not very friendly. And like, I always worry like this is what's going on in their head. Like, ugh, this bitch, like they hate me and they just won't tell me they'll be polite and never tell me how much they hate me. My worst fear. Yeah, yeah definitely. You hate me, no, say you no. hate me. <laughs> no, my worst fear and it's not that, but this is pretty close up there. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your worst fear? My worst fear is that someday I'll be on vacation or something with my friends and then I'll go to the bathroom and then they will leave me at the location and they will go home and I will be alone. And that is my biggest fear. They did that to her once, but I didn't. <laughs> it's just traumatizing. Like I just think about getting stuck. I don't know why my brain just automatically goes to like a dusty roadside like gas station. And I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I just go in there and it's there's no cell phone service. And then I come back out and my friends are gone. I'll never go to the desert. I promise you. I literally live in the desert, bro. We'll move away from the desert, <laughs> me and you. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, page 52. Doctor says the dreaded. You're going to make someone an awesome wife. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Never, never say that to a woman. Unless but, you're gonna but, wife her, don't say it. Literally, but, 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 Karina takes that as a positive. Like and he was, like, sad. you're gonna make me a good wife someday. And that's not how I took that interaction at all, but maybe that's just me being, being a negative. No, that's not how he meant that situation at all, but it's just like, A, don't say that to people. That's just like, just 101, you don't say that to people. But also, she definitely read too far into it. It was not, he was not saying you're going to make me a good wife someday. 
Yeah, just, just another interaction with the doctor that proves to be him kind of being a dummy. Or her portraying him like he's a dummy. Yeah, I guess this is back to her being an uh, unreliable narrator. I can't trust anything she says, that sneaky bitch. Maybe she just likes him because she thinks he's a dummy. Like, been there, done that, I dig it, you know, dumb men they, are easy. As they say in uh, True Crime Obsessed, a hot dummy. <laughs> We all have hot dummies. Um, we can all be hot dummies. <laughs> we'll try. Anyway, oh, so... Be just dumb. <laughs> Lucky we're both dumb. Um, Ayula shows up at three days work. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Ayula the murderer. <laughs> anyway, she meets the doctor, and of course he falls in love with her because, of course, not at page 50. It would be super, super nice if this wasn't, like, easily to predict like i just i knew it i knew he would fall in love with her i'm like because why wouldn't he because he's a doctor and she's pretty and you know it would just it would just fit you know Oof. i would also, like to be surprised <laughs> and also you just knew that shit was gonna happen when you knew that like curry day was jealous of her sister and then of course at some point the man she is in love with would meet her sister and love her sister that's just you know what happens to main characters Absolutely. Um, so I went on a little really mini rant about that for about a paragraph. Uh, please subvert my expectations, please. And so I'm pretty much back at page 50. I'm begging this book to subvert my expectations. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. <laughs> I had a saltine crumb on page 59. Only notable thing about 59. All right, page 62, rant. First off, it took less than 10 fucking pages for Tay to be completely over, just like over Karita in every way and under a U.S. spell. Like, I'm just like super disappointed and this, like this doctor for falling for this. Like he's obviously smart because he's a fucking doctor, but he's obviously only interested in her for look, in her looks. And that's so disappointing. And Karita is disappointed that he wasn't above it and so like she has to go through that you know realizing that this guy that she liked kind of maybe isn't the greatest guy if he's gonna fall for that shit so easily and also like that's just a whole layer of like their interpersonal drama but which just completely like keeps out the section of the story which is like he's like he likes an actual fucking serial killer like that's just like he's falling oh, yeah. for the like I don't know just that she's this sweet like precious like nice girl but she's like actually a serial killer. Absolutely, like I know he doesn't know that she's a serial killer, but he's still falling in love with this serial killer. And for a second there, I think I forgot that you know she was a murderer and this wasn't just a shitty situation for these two girls. Yeah, exactly. There's no mystery here. Why was this called a mystery? <laughs> Um, page 69. <laughs> ah, get it. Um, oh, another one of my least favorite phrases in all anything. Um, he is different. Is he though? Spoiler alert, he's not. Literally. Also, he, she can't fucking know that. Anyway, whatever. Korea's talking to her sister. And Eula responds, he isn't deep. All he wants is a pretty face. 
And like, these are just two opposites of an extreme. Like he is different. He's great. He's this amazing doctor or all he wants, or he's shallow. All he wants is a pretty face and therefore he deserves to die. Two ends of a very shitty spectrum. 100%. And they're sisters, so, you know, okay. it makes sense. <laughs> I know all we've done is talk shit about this guy from the beginning of this episode, but, like, he's still a person. Like, he is, and just because he's a lame man, just because he's a lame love his interest doesn't mean he deserves to die. Exactly. But he's also not this god that Karina makes him out to be, so, I don't know. This spectrum isn't yeah. fair to this man. Yeah, I um, I remember saying this was a, a slice of life and maybe we're just missing out on the slice where he was a good guy, you know? Yeah, that's true. I do remember you saying that um, in our previously discussed portion of this. The, uh, the episode that shall not be named. <laughs> fun fact, I wasn't going to say this, but I guess I am. Um, we recorded our entire first episode last week and realized I didn't hit the record button. So we just talked at each other for two hours. And this is our second take. And um, I feel like we're we're doing an okay job summarizing our very good points from last time. I'm sorry. I did this to us. If you also couldn't tell, at this point we're getting a little tired of the book. <laughs> Definitely. I do think we need to pat ourselves on the back because we've been a lot nicer about this book than we were. First draft, we were very mean. Yeah, I guess we have to learn to rein in our tongues, whatever, I get it. Uh, okay, so my next point, my next note um, was from page 72. And this is a conversation between Karita and her, one of her uh, coworkers. And I don't know if it's Inka or if it's the other one, because there's two. I've got the book in my hand, so I will check while you Thanks. read your section. Um, well, anyway, she's having a conversation with one of her coworkers, and she had come to work wearing makeup, and her coworker goes, ah, ah, are you wearing makeup? And she says, yes. What's the occasion? I just decided to. Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi, that's right. Um, I just decided to. Wonders will never end. You even put plenty foundation. I resisted the urge to grab the wipes out of my bag and remove every trace of makeup from my face right then and there. And so my comment is, mind your business, David. And I said, for real, this makes me really mad. Um, it's just not okay to make unsolicited like, comments about people's appearance. And like, she's obviously very self-conscious um, and like, she probably isn't that good at makeup because she doesn't really wear it that much. So it's like, don't draw attention to it. Like, we all know that she, is self-conscious like don't make it worse by talking about it like it's just rude to me yeah plus if it's obvious that someone's not good at wearing makeup like maybe don't bring it up maybe like offer pointers or something like help her out instead of like making her feel put on the spot yeah i don't know i even think it's kind of rude to like offer pointers because i just think if she wanted help she would ask for it you know like i don't know maybe i was just like i was just raised to like if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all, you know? And I know that everybody's parents said that, but like, I really took it to heart. So like, I try not to make comments about anything to people because I just don't think it's very nice. But like, I know- Especially if it's something out of the ordinary, like putting on makeup, yeah. if they don't usually put on makeup, like that's, you know, that's obviously gonna feel a little personal. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was my note on that. I just kind of, that coworker is, 
like, she's kind of a bitch, I feel like, and she's portrayed as a bitch. And this was just like another part that I was like, ooh, I do not like this woman. Like, if she made a comment like that, I would not be happy. So, okay, there. Yeah, I'm just rereading the book for some reason. Ugh, I don't know why. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, page 73. He used to ask how I was. I hated that. I just hated that line. He is allowed to ask about your sister. He's dating your sister. It's just like, it's the only part of Karita that he's actually interested in is her sister. So like, I don't know. It sucks that he isn't interested in her, but it's just like her being such a shit about it ain't cute yeah that's true like again removing a part of this storyline where her sister's a literal serial killer like it's not her oh sister. yeah that's the big reason that's a big reason not to be interested in her but like um but like to take that out it's not Ayla's fault that this doctor is not attracted to her sister and is attracted to her like it's not her fault she didn't do anything wrong and that's I mean, she's a horrible person and she did tons of things wrong. But in this situation, she didn't do anything wrong. And it's just kind of like, you can't, be mad. you can't be mad about it. Like, you can be upset and hurt, but you don't have to be like, I don't know. She's just bitter. Yeah, that is pretty bitter. I think that's the word I wrote in the book. <laughs> yeah. Because I write in books because I don't respect them. I remember loving that line and wanting to include that. Well, it's back. Um, jump ahead to page 91. Uh, it's called AKA, no, the cleaner, AKA, they both suck. I think it brings back to earlier. They're just both sides of a sucky extreme. Um, so Karita tries to come clean to her mom at some point in the past. Uh, and you learn this through italicized flashbacks. <sighs> does it make her actions a little, does it, does it make her actions make a little more sense? Yes, but it doesn't excuse why she still continues to cover for her sister. Um, basically, she tried to come clean to their mom and her mom accused her of being jealous. <laughs> and told her to shut up. Ayla is beautiful and has a wonderful temperament. Ew. Literally ill. But it still doesn't really excuse why she continues to cover for her sister who is, you know, a literal murderer. Yeah. Like, as someone who has been, I guess, emotionally manipulated into um, giving siblings more um leeway than they should have gotten i guess is the oh, yeah. diplomatic way of saying that and he has two sisters and i'm not gonna say rude things about my family on air but um i've more than once been emotionally manipulated manipulated into um cutting a piece of myself down to uh provide for my sister or whatever the something like that like um yeah, I don't know. it seems like sisters can be the worst. I don't really have any experience. I've never had a sister. Um, I have two half-brothers that I don't interact with very much. So I have no relationship to compare this to. I mean, like, uh, except for this one, you and me, personally, yeah. I would cover for you for murder if 
if if it was a good enough reason, I don't know. Just killing dudes for fun, you know, kind of like how it seems like AU was doing. I don't know if that would fly with me. Sorry. I wouldn't call the cops on you, but I, I don't think I would. I, could, I couldn't help you like like Karita does. Yeah. I You're the better cleaner. You're the better cleaner anyway, you know. You know that I would want to help you clean up, but I don't think I would morally be able to. Unless I had a really good reason. Yeah, a really good reason for murder, which might be a man using a Ziploc bag and just wrapping it up and not zipping the zip part. For a moment, uh, Karita considers, uh, fantasizes about um, turning her sister in, but she doesn't really do it for the sake of the victims or the victim's family. She does it and she only thinks about it like how it would benefit her. Yeah. How it would make her feel she, she doesn't care about anyone else in the situation but but herself it seems and then for some for a brief second she flashes in she's my sister um so i guess it's pretty first sister family second and then uh the victims and the victims families aren't, aren't on the pyramid <laughs> and then ooh. Just a tidbit, page 96, she cleans and she's stressed out. Who does that sound like? Me, bitch. Back when I lived in the same um, town as Indy here, um, uh, whenever I got stressed out, I used to go to her apartment and clean. And that's not a commentary on how Indy's messier than me. It's more a commentary on how I get stressed and then I clean. Also, I'm absolutely messier than you. What are you talking about? I wasn't going to say it. I'm just going to agree with you. <laughs> um, more instances of Ayula being manipulative with the, are you angry with me? Bothers to say that to me. Still page three and page 105. <laughs> At least, if anything, Ayula's consistent with her uh, manipulation. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's, yeah, they're all pretty consistent characters. And I think that kind of bothers me about the book. It's just very consistent. There's no character growth. Like they don't, they keep going through situations where you would think that like their character would change, but it never does. Yeah, there's the potential for growth and you see it and you hope for it and then, nope. Which I, I think guess, kind spoiler of, alert. Which I think kind of goes with your point that you made in the first draft of this episode where you said that um, it's the scorpion and the frog. Um, and you just, you can't expect people to change their nature. And this whole book, I'm waiting for one of these characters to change their nature and they never do, which maybe makes this writer a genius. Yeah, it is definitely very deep. I just, that doesn't make me like the book. I don't like the book and I don't like the characters. That being said, it's still, you know, it's just, it's smart. I get it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then there's another chapter about the dad and how he sucks. Um, I think this is the third instance that I've noticed about that. I kind of feel like the author keeps bringing it up as a way to kind of use, you know, my, I had a bad dad, I had a bad childhood as an excuse to why Ayula is the way is she is, or why Ayula is the way she is. And like, I get it. This might, might be why she doesn't really value men or she doesn't really, you know, respect men because, you know, her dad abused the shit out of her. But like, 
whose dad hasn't hit them and we don't go around murdering people. Yeah, you're right. Also, to be fair to Ayla, um, doesn't her dad literally try to sell her like to marriage to an older man? Am I making that up or is that real? No, I remember that because I just saw, oh, I remember reading that the other day. And she, that's that's like the first that's her first kill, I think. And, the, and then she comes back. Yeah, so her dad is really shitty, but it also maybe not really. I mean, not everyone's dad is shitty to that extent, but a lot of people's dads are shitty to that extent and they don't kill people. So it's not a good excuse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then my next point comes from page 116. And at this point, Ayla is um, not dating the doctor anymore. She's dating a married man. And um, they go away together. And on their vacation, if I'm remembering correctly, um, he turns up dead. And um, this is an Instagram post from the wife of Ayla's boyfriend. Um, and it just is heartbreaking. Ding, ding, ding. Instagram. Instagram back in the story. Ding, ding, ding. Take a shot every time we talk about Instagram. Um, um, this would be a good place to plug Indy's bookstagram. (laughs) Dirty Rotten Reader. Please follow. You didn't have Um, to do that, but I appreciate it. While I'm I'm microwaving my coffee across the room. (laughs) Um, so, um, page 116, this is the Instagram post. This is hashtag man crush Monday, MCM. Um, Okio me, heart of my heart and father of my children. I thank God for the day you laid eyes on me. I did not know that you were afraid to speak to me, but I'm glad you overcame that fear. I cannot imagine what my life would have been like without you. Thank you for being the man of my dreams. Happy anniversary, Bay. Hashtag Bay. Hashtag MC every day. Hashtag throwback Thursday. Hashtag love is real. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag grateful. So first of all, way too many fucking hashtags. But. I feel attacked. <laughs> do not do not read into this. I didn't mean it. Just a lot of, a lot of um, icky hashtags. But anyway, this um, post breaks my heart for multiple reasons. First of all, it's posted before the husband dies. So um, she's saying, I can't imagine my life without you. And then very immediately, she's going to have to live her life without him because he cheated on her. And also he got killed. Like, well, oh, yeah. so he's, he's poisoned and it's alluded to that Ayula killed him, but I guess, it, I don't think it's proven. Um, it's just a mighty fine coincidence. Um, so anyway, it breaks my heart that, um, A, she posted this before and now she has to live her life without her husband and the father of her children, but also that she says, um, uh, that like, um, I did not know you were afraid to speak to me. And like, it sounded like he at one point was really in love with her. And it just like, it's so sad to me. I know we've talked about this in our personal lives. It's just so sad to me when you can love someone and like, but it doesn't matter how much you love someone and how much effort you put into a relationship, they have to put the same amount back. Like they have to love you back. Like your love is never just enough. And that sucks so bad that you can care about someone who doesn't care about you. Like, yeah, I didn't really think about that, I guess. Oh, that's so sad. Absolutely. That poor lady has no husband and her husband was a piece of shit. Like what is worse? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want her to have a shitty husband, but I would rather her have that shitty husband I guess than be alone I don't know like either a dead husband or a cheating husband like which is worse 
and like she didn't kill him, so like she didn't even get she didn't even get the satisfaction from that. Oh, yeah, she, she doesn't know even get because she doesn't know he cheated on her. Oh, she doesn't even so know she... that she deserves that satisfaction. Exactly, it just made me sad. So anyway, um, that I took that note because I got really bumped out. I got I got sucked down to thinking about love pool and I didn't like it. So um, page. Yeah. 121, big all caps. Oh my fucking God, this is the worst. And then the T is lowercase for some reason, I think, because I clicked off of all, all caps in preparation to type the next sentence. Anyway, this is my least favorite interaction with the doctor. This is when I decided, you know what? Maybe some men do deserve to die. Um, he basically goes off on Karide uh, saying pretty much the same thing that their mother said in that like italicized flashback about 20 pages back. Um, and I just got really mad on behalf of Karide. Like, yeah, I don't like her, but that doesn't mean that this piece of garbo gets to talk to her like that. Like, why would he not believe Karide over Ayuba? He's known Karide a lot longer. Why wouldn't he trust her? Like, why would he not believe Ayula's own sister about Ayula? Like, this dude fucking sucks. Why did Karide ever like him? He's a dumb boy so fucking dumb and like I don't get like what was appealing about him in the first place is he attractive she's talked nothing about his physical attributes either you know that's interesting because I feel like she talks about Ayula's a lot you know like it's a couple scene where she like describes Ayula like super weird and like oh yeah wait like, wait in Ayula's words not hers remember those were the oh, parentheses oh yeah oh yeah whatever true. but anyway, but Sure, sure it is. It's still Karide saying them, repeating them. And she never really talks about Tade or Tayday. It's really funny. Indy read it as Tade and I read it as Tayday, and I don't know why, because there's like no way. It doesn't ever indicate that that's how you say it, but my brain's just stupid. So anyway, <laughs> um, that's what I call him in my brain. Oh no. Um, and then I have a note in my notes. LOL no pages, no notes until page 180, so that's 60 pages. Um, I think at this point I was just getting tired of the story. Everyone is garbage. Ayula continues to do her thing. Got with a married man. Killed him. Um, and then I stopped at page 181. Uh, it's because I had a theory. I don't know where it came from. But I think that maybe there are two options. Either Ayula killed their dad. And that's why Karida will cover her for the day they die. Because it's obvious that their dad's this abusive piece of shit. And if Ayula killed this abusive piece of shit. Then like Karida is further in her debt, right? Or... Mm -hmm. And this is the one I hope, but I guess we'll never know. Karide is the one that killed their dad. And that's what showed Ayula that it's okay to kill dudes that suck. And so Karide covers for Ayula so much because basically she's the one that taught her this. And she's afraid of getting found out. And she's afraid of... She's afraid of getting found out for being the one that killed their dad, or she's like she's guilty because she's the one that killed their dad, you know? Yeah, and I kind of touched on this in like my my after book review, um, but I did think about that. Like, I think that the reason why um, I think Karita is the one that killed the dad, and I think that's why she helps her sister always, no questions asked, and never turns her in, is because I think Ayula did the same thing for her, and so like. I think that she feels in debt to her because it's a weird thing to feel like you owe your life and your freedom to a person, you know? Like, I don't like owing people anything. Like, I don't like owing people $5. Like, but I can like just Your imagine. life, your freedom, jeez. It's crazy. So 
I do think that um, as well. But I do think that it was Karide that um, killed him. Um, oh, I just find it really nice that we both uh, basically had conspiracy theories about who actually killed the dad. <laughs> I just thought that was very nice that we both uh, independently came came to these <laughs> conclusions. Anyway, okay, go to your note. We listened to a lot of true crime. Um, Too much true crime. <laughs> my note was actually on page 164, um, which was halfway between um, in these two notes here. Um, and I, um, it's a quote from a conversation between Tade or Tayday and um, Karide. Um, and they're talking about Ayula, and she says, uh, Tede, what do you like about my sister? And he says, everything. Well, but if you had to be specific, well, dot, 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 she is dot, dot, dot. She is really special. You can tell this man is struggling for words. <laughs> Literally, like, okay. Mm-hmm. And Karide goes, okay, what makes her special? And he said, she's just so dot, dot, dot. I mean, she's beautiful and perfect. I've never wanted to be with anyone this much. I rub so my physical fore- things. <laughs> exactly. I rub my forehead with my fingers. He fails to point out the fact that she laughs at the silliest thing and never holds a grudge. She hasn't mentioned how quick she is to cheat at games or that she can hemstitch a skirt without looking at her fingers. He doesn't know her best features or her darkest secrets, and he doesn't seem to care. Put your ring away, Tayday. Oh, yeah, he's about to propose to the sister, by the way. And he oh, says, yes. what? <laughs> He says, what? And she says, this is all, I perch on the desk and try to find the words. This is all just fun and games to her. He sighs and shakes his head. People change, Karide. I know she cheated on me and all, but that's because she hasn't known real love and that's what I can give her. And my note Girl. here is, <laughs> my note here is 12 minute internal scream, boy. And I said, I like everything about her, but like that SpongeBob meme where it's like, every other letter is capitalized and he's like leaning over and looking stupid you know i don't know exactly what that meme is called but i don't know if it has a name just like spongebob bird uh anyway i like everything about her like sure you do but sure you do like like you're just i said he just doesn't like anything about he has nothing to like about her other than he thinks she's pretty and i think that line where he says um he says she just hasn't known real love and that's what i can give her like what sir makes you think you can give her something that you a don't know that she's never had before and b what makes you better than everyone else and then i just said gtfo today you're basic yeah awful presumptuous of you sir my lord just continues to prove our point that he sucks especially just like he can't find anything positive to say about you, like anything likable to say about her. Maybe it's because she's not very likable outside of her being pretty. Yep. Yep. I have nothing um, more to say. She's not likable. Shit. Okay. And then I have the final note for the book. Oh, yeah. I think I was pretty checked out. So this is a general summary. Uh, Ayla got back with Tade. Um, and. Surprise, surprise. Guess what? Guess what, Annie? Guess what? What? What happens? Like, I did not read the book. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess you did. (laughs) Ayla fucking stabbed him. Surprise. And none of us are surprised. But, but, but he doesn't die. And for a split second, there is hope. Hope that Karide would do the right thing and tell the truth, even though Tade doesn't really fucking deserve it after he acted like such a fucking dumbass. 
And I was just so fucking mad at this point. Like, is now a good time for my my part of the scorpion and the frog rant? <laughs> she just like she just yeah. needs to make a decision to and create like Ayula tells her she can't sit on the fence forever. But like Ayula is doing her nature. She is the scorpion and Karita is the frog and for Karita could fucking just not carry them across the river. She could just stop or she could just continue on and let the scorpion bite her. Because I get the whole point of that fable, I guess, is just that people do things within their nature, even though it may not be in their best interest. And I feel like that's a big part of it. Like none of this is in any of their best interest. <laughs> yeah. But they're still fucking doing it. And she's still gonna fucking kill people. Cause why? For fun? Because her dad was mean. My dad was mean. Ab Annie, your dad's fucking mean. <laughs> do you kill people? Not that we know of. Not that we know of. And do I kill people? Not that we know of. Much appreciated. <laughs> if, <laughs> either either of us kills, if either of us was killing someone, it would be you and not me. But because I live in Alaska, it would be easier to get away with. But once I move to the lower 48, this is going to be impossible. That's literally what my coworker said. He was like, you know, if anyone knows where to bury bodies, it's probably you. You come from Alaska. And I was like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You have secrets. Also dogs. <laughs> I, have, I have a life I ran away from. You don't know me. A crime. <laughs> anyway. For legal reasons, anyway, this um, has all been a joke and we don't actually murder people. No, yeah, absolutely. I'm terrified of harming anything. I work with dogs. I love animals. I can't. I can't. And I'm a weak-ass bitch. Okay, motivations are what matters, <laughs> not, not strength. Poison is how women kill people. Obviously, because Ayula fucking poisoned uh, the married dude. I meant that I'm weak-willed, but thank you for trying to make me feel better. Well, that's just not what I assumed because that's simply not true. Oh my god, keep going. Anyway. Anyway, for a split second, Kurede has the opportunity to sell the truth, and she fucking does, and I'm so disappointed. And basically, life goes on, and the cycle fucking continues. Ayula brings another man home, and she's probably gonna fucking stab him. And Book's over. Any final thoughts, Annie? I have lots of final thoughts. Um, before I start talking about my final thoughts, um, the book ends like she's like Andy said with um, her Ayu bringing another man home, and the way they just go about the introduction is so like normal. It just is it's so vanilla and it's just like, you know that nothing ever changed, which I think was like a hard thing for me to deal with in this book because I just feel like there was never really like a climactic point. Like there was- Oh yeah, there was like a brief, there was a brief second when the coma patient woke up. That yeah. was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, we forgot to mention that. The coma patient wakes up and um, tells Karidi that he heard everything that she said and basically tries to convince her to turn in her sister. And um, then she doesn't. And there's like, there's two brief moments. There's that brief moment. And there's the one when Tate and Aula get in their confrontation and he doesn't die. And then they have the opportunity to like come clean about everything, but instead they pin it on him and Karide lies to the police mm -hmm. and says that he attacked Aula, which is not what Tate said happened. And again, it's a room 
between, you know, that two people were in and we weren't privy to what happened there. So we don't know, but I'm assuming it wasn't his fault. And um, this they is let just her go the to first jail. time that we have. This is just the first time that we have someone else's side of the story. You know, every yeah. other time it's been just a Eula and it's a Eula and the doctor trying to convince her. Yeah. And they let him go to jail, which I just think is like, so okay. awful and then they just end it with her getting another boyfriend and you just know that she's gonna kill him and then Karina is just gonna clean the mess and it's just gonna continue for the rest of their lives so that was a lot um so i have a lot of thoughts um and i just yeah, said they didn't that even bother to give him a name they didn't even bother to give him a name you know that last guy like that just shows how like it's just the cycle continuing you know doesn't even get well, a fucking matters. name he's just you know he's yeah. just the next one and I said, I think that the reason why I was really shook by this book um, was that I related really heavily to Karide. Um, she felt like she was living in the shadow of someone who was loved because, more because they were considered conventionally attractive. Um, she cleaned when she was stressed out, which is just, as we've already previously discussed, that's just me to a T. Um, she was in love with someone who only saw her as a friend. But also, to be fair, I think she was written that way so most of the readers can relate to her um, because some of the things she goes through are just like relatable as fuck. Not, their sister or her sister being a serial killer that we can all relate to that but a lot of her like social situations were written in a way that i think people could relate to them so oh yeah um, those interactions were true yeah i don't feel bad for relating to her because i think that's kind of the point at first i kind of wasn't upset i was like wow why did i relate so heavily to her and then i'm like you know what that's the whole point so i don't need to feel bad about it i'm not trash um <laughs> and you would never kill people you would never help someone get away with murder if they didn't deserve oh. it yeah, it would only help you get away with murder if it wasn't your fault. Um, if it was a good reason. Exactly. Um, but also at the same time, she's someone she we can't relate to again because she's literally accomplished multiple murders. And uh, towards the end, she was given advice to set herself free and tell the truth, but she never, ever chooses to do that. Um, she lies um, and lets her sister get away with it the whole book, even though the whole book she's wondering what would happen if she would just turn her sister in. And that like bothers me so much and she's like spends the whole book saying she's gonna do something and then never actually does it and i'm like bitch like that's not a cute right? book it's not and it's like it's awful because like what was it all was it all just like a fantasy was she never actually gonna turn her sister in you know it's just like it sucks because like these men have been murdered they have families yeah and then she like she always like wonders what would happen if her sister was held accountable for her actions and she like is upset at all these people for letting her sister get away with shit that she shouldn't get away with. But I'm like, you're literally doing the exact same thing. Like you can't be mad about something that you also do. Like if anything, she's doing it the fucking worst because she's killing people. Exactly. And then I had to sit there and think, but like I have like a sister, like I have two sisters and I can't say for certain that I would rat them out. I would like to think that like if one of my sisters was murdering someone in cold blood and then asking me to clean up after it, I would turn them in. But again, there's like a lot of factors. And again, where like we mentioned what it sounds like is Karita killed someone in the past, which was her dad. Um, it sounds like it. And um, her sister stood by her. So feeling like you owe someone again is like kind of like a deep thing. and. I think maybe that's what the whole point of the book is to get you think about like humanity and like what kind of lengths you would go to to um, for the people that you love, um, no matter what they've done. So I don't know. Yeah. I kind of think that that was what you're supposed to take away from it. Um, yeah, there's probably a lot of lessons from it. That one definitely, you know, 
your family is very important to you. A lot of people, you know, I didn't really get, I didn't get the family aspect of it because I am a self-proclaimed orphan, you know, fuck it. I don't really, <laughs> yeah, you're the family one. I'm the, I'm the loner. Which like, to be fair, you did live the majority of your life being an only child and I never had that opportunity. I'm the middle child, so I've never been an only child. <laughs> And I've always been alone, alone, alone. <laughs> so I think that like, gives us <laughs> two different um, interesting perspectives on this whole family dynamic that they have going on because, you know, I've always had to think about somebody else. Like I've always, there's always been another person who was affected by my actions and I was affected by theirs and like you didn't necessarily have that. So like, I don't know. No, I was kind of just at the, I was at the will of the universe, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that wraps it up for my thoughts. Do you have anything that you want to discuss for thoughts? Do I have any final thoughts? I think I put all my thoughts in the middle of it. Um, do you really want to talk about the genre authenticity? I would like to talk about that. I would like to say that I would not call this a mystery. Um, this uh, There was no mystery. The mystery might've been when will this book ever get better i don't know is that mean to say like when will the characters ever be held accountable for their actions i don't know like not in this book maybe in the next one Fuck. It, i just didn't really think it was a mystery i think it would have been better categorized as a crime story because they're just there really wasn't a mystery because everything is just alluded to you know like plus it says on the back like a eula's third boyfriend in a row is dead and you know she basically says, hey, are you a, are you a murder thing? Yeah. So, yeah, I just From the know, beginning. I think it was it was unfairly categorized, but um, that's where we're at. So that's what we get for reading lists to give us our inspiration for these topics. That's what we get for trusting BuzzFeed. <laughs> Again, BuzzFeed, please don't sue us. Um, I rate this book um, a 5 out of 10, pretty middle ground. It was really easy to read. Um, I read it all in one sitting, and so I don't know. I wouldn't say that I necessarily enjoyed it, and I wouldn't read it again, um, but it was not the worst thing I've ever read. Oh, yeah, I think every time we talk about it, I think I lower the rating by one just because I'm tired of talking about it. So this time, I'm going to give it a four out of ten. <laughs> it used to be a five, friends. Um, well, that is All a right. wrap on this episode. Um, we finally get to put this book down and not talk about it again. So the next book that we will be doing and the next genre that we are doing um, is called The Power. And it is by uh, Naomi Alderman. Is that what her name is? I always forget her name. Yep, um, Naomi Alderman. Oh. Anyway, this book is um, called The Power, and it's by Naomi Alderman, and it was categorized as a um, science fiction book in the, this article on The Wired um, called Best Sci-Fi Books. So that's our next, um, our next book, and I'll go ahead and let Indy give you um, a quick uh, synopsis of the next book we'll be doing. All right. Power. All over the world, women and girls are discovering they have the power. With a flick of their fingers, they can inflict terrible pain and even death. And with this small twist of nature, everything changes drastically. 
ambitious and provocative, visceral and page charming, award-winning author Naomi Alderman's power at once takes us on a journey to an alternate reality and exposes our own world in a bold and and exposes our own world in bold and surprising ways. So, Any thoughts uh, so far? <laughs> Pre-thoughts before reading the book? Before reading the book that we have definitely already read? Um, yes. <laughs> I remember reading this book, or reading the back of this book and thinking, wow, this is going to be super interesting. Um, I like feminist rants type situations, and so I thought that it would be really cool. Um, I'm not going to say anything more about that so what about you what are your pre-thoughts my first assumptions are personally i don't like sci-fi not a fan so i had very low i had very low expectations for this book absolutely but um i guess we'll move on uh hey annie you want to tell them where to find us <laughs> i will i go, sure will um well as mentioned before there is um Indy does have a bookstagram and it's at Dirty Rotten Reader. Um, she's, I mean, you want to plug your Instagram a little bit? Tell them what it's about. It's about books. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, so, but we do have a Instagram um, and it is at the Hibarians Book Club. Um, you can follow us there. At some point we will post something, probably. I, we haven't posted anything right now, but <laughs> give us some we time. Our profile picture. Oh yeah, which was drawn by Indy. So um, if you have anything mean to say, don't say it. And if you have something no, nice to say, say it. give it a like. No, it's good. It looks great. Don't talk shit about my best friend. Um, and no, do the, it. Do it to my fucking. Do it to my face. <laughs> you can also follow us on Twitter, and um, on Twitter we are at. TH underscore book club pod. Um, somebody had taken the Hibarians, so don't follow them and give them hate. Follow us <laughs> and hate us Hello, because us we hate suck. Us. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can also, if you have any suggestions for books that you like um, and you want us to read and cover, go ahead and um, give us an email. And we are at um, thehibarians.bookclub at gmail.com. If you can send us suggestions, um, just give us like a brief overview and why you like it. And um, also what genre you would classify it as because we will be judging you on your genre authenticity. Ooh, I love judging. <laughs> well, we're good at, that's the whole point of this podcast. So anyway, okay, you're right. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening guys. We really appreciate it. Um, hope you have a great night and uh, talk to you next time when we talk about the power. All right. Well, don't forget to slide your hammer. No, that's fucking stupid. All right. How do we want to end it?